Pulp MX Network Production. You cast me What's up, guys? It's Alex Gray, and you're listening to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. That's all we need is more fake news, Pulp MX bullshit. It's quality, not quantity, all right, man? Yeah, what's up? This is Darkside for the Moto X Pod Show. Welcome to the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show, the number one moto wrap-up show in the industry. And I'm here to discuss this week's Pulp MX Show with a couple guests. But first, let me tell you about our awesome sponsors. Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company, offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, even off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career, from Steve Lampson to Jeremy McGrath in the 90s, Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky Pro Circuit Kawasaki and JGR Suzuki, as well as many others. If it's style and performance you want, you've come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. And listen, you know all about Michelin motorcycle tires from the Pulp MX show. And now I'm excited to announce the Michelin Bicycle Tires as a proud sponsor of the Pulp MX Wrap-Up Show. In 1891, Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire. And to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, then visit bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products and follow them on Instagram at Michelin Bicycle. And of course, those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motosport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motorsport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good, too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at Motosport.com. And I want to welcome on our new sponsor, Seal Savers. Since 1999, Seal Savers has offered the ultimate protection of the off-road industry. Seal Savers is the original fork seal protection, starting with the original Seal Savers to prevent dirt, dust, and mud from getting into your fork seals. Seal Savers has since revolutionized fork seal protection with their zip-on seal savers, making installation a breeze. So check out their full line of moto products as well as intuitive products for your side-by-side. Seal Savers is the original and the ultimate when it comes to protection. Enter the code PULP25 for 25% off at sealsavers.com. Hey, and don't forget to visit pulpmexshow.com for sponsor links and discount codes as well as the Amazon widget. If you want to be on the Pulp Mex Wrap-Up Show with me to talk about the Pulp Mex Show, or you want to contribute a question or topic for the Hello Pookie segment, send it to darkside at pulpmex.com. Okay, let's get to our guests. No, no, no. One thing JT likes to do is argue. If Eli doesn't get the starts, he's not doing it. Well, yeah, that and the fact that this kind of offsets the fact that your show sucks. I had no clue that he was right there. I knew I didn't do anything wrong, but it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. on the ridge. Yeah, yeah. 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 It- I, I, I got a, we got a bunch of people on hold with ideas on how to fix the lapper situation. I don't care. I get it. No, I get it. Uh, good points, man. Thanks for calling. All right. See you. Thank- I don't get it. I didn't go down with guys. I'm more interested in what's going on with Kellen's mustache. Are you joining the police force? All right. Are you ready back there? All right. What's up? We are back with another episode of the Pulp MX wrap-up show. This week, it's episode 454. Kellen Brower from RacerX in studio with guests Randy Richardson, Vince Freeze, Kevin Morans, Dan Hubbard, and AC superfan Chris Betts. 
But our first guest of the night is brought to you by Guts Racing. She is Samantha Marie, first-timer. What's up, Samantha? Hey, y'all. <laughs> How's it going? You sound a little nervous. <laughs> Pretty fabulous. I'm a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. Well, you're going to be fine. You're going to get going. You are uh, at Rose Gold and Moto on Twitter, at Rose Gold and Macchiatos on Instagram, so you guys probably know <laughs> who she is. Our second guest of the night, everybody freaking knows, brought to you by Michelin Bicycle Tires from KieferIncTesting.com, the one, the only, Chris Kiefer. Hey, it is a pleasure to be on this show. It's been I've been on before. People are sweating me over Twitter saying I haven't been on, but I have been on, Yep. and I'm here for you. I'm a little tight <laughs> as far as time goes, but I said, you know what? I'm here for Dark Side. Dude. And the real reason... Is because Sam is on the damn phone line. And I suggested this to you, Dark Side. Yes, you did. Yes, you All did. Right. And I I have thought I've tried to get ladies on before, but it took you saying it to get the DMs coming in where women wanted to be on. And Samantha actually got a little upset with me because we were friends and I did not ask her first, which was my bad. I thought I I know she gets a little nervous and I didn't think she'd want to do it. So mm-hmm. I apologize publicly uh, samantha for not asking you first because i should have (laughs) apology accepted all right perfect all right chris so you are short on time uh travis marks is going to come on to finish this thing after a little bit but i'm going to get you to talk about a few things um first of all obviously i'm dark side i'm brought to you by seal savers hit me up at darkside at pulpmex.com for any comments or suggestions for the show anything for hello pookie um kellen brower as a guest Samantha, very knowledgeable, well-spoken, insightful, like a little mini Weege. He, uh, the dude's <laughs> awesome. What do you think of Kellen? Um, I really enjoy Kellen. I think he's really well-spoken. He can definitely tell you the background and communication. Um, I like that he's not afraid to rebuttal Steve. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy that. Um, I like that he's part of Racer X and kind of brings a different perspective. So I really enjoyed having him on. Chris, how well do you know Kellen? You spent some time with him, haven't you? Yeah, so when Simon is not around to shoot video with us, Kellen was my guy when we did some testing. So how I was introduced to Kellen, so we each called me up and said, hey, we have a new guy. He's going to come out with you. I'm like, cool, and he gave me his name. And then my son was around Aiden. I go, this guy named Kellen's going to help me. He's like, Kellen Brower? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. how the hell do you know Kellen? He's like, dude, he is the – He's the, I, I subscribed to his, his YouTube, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I didn't even know he was kind of famous in that world, but – Got to know them, and I call him a kid, but he's actually pretty old, right? Late 20s, but he looks like he's 16 with his mustache, right? (laughs) Um, Magnum P.I. Same thing thing as Sam, man. Like, he's a really nice, nice kid down to earth. He works hard. He knows a lot about the sport. Um, I was kind of talked to him when we were doing these these shows, and I said, hey, do you ride? He's like, man, I have an older two-stroke. Me and my dad go ride. So I ended up giving him a Husqvarna for the year to ride, and so he's just stoked on life about riding, and I like Kellen a lot. He fits the Racer X brand really good. He and really does. For me, I, I agree with Sam. Like, I like that someone just doesn't suck Steve's dick, right? And like, has a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of, uh, I guess, a counterbalance for Steve. Sure. You know, so yeah. if he doesn't agree, he'll say it. I like that too. Absolutely. Well, we're about to get into episode four fifty four. Kiefer, you're gonna. Help us break down the Vince Freezy talk. But beforehand, Samantha, give us a little bit of your background, how you discovered Moto, how you got into it, and why Pulp MX is such a part of your life. What what drew drew you to Pulp? Um, I 
am third generation rider. My dad and my grandpa both rode and my, um, my dad's one of six. And so I grew up with my dad at the track and my uncles and, um, I've been into moto my whole life. My mom was seven months pregnant with me at Hangtown. Like it's, it's always, moto has always been a part of my life. I downloaded Twitter because I saw Steve talk about this podcasting. I had no idea what a podcast even was. Um, back in the day when Watson was co-hosting and like Gibbs was a producer. Wow. Okay. Um, and I, wow. yeah, I, I, and so I downloaded Twitter and I instantly became hooked. Like I, and now I'm, I'm, uh, obsessed. Really? <laughs> yeah. Um, I just think that I love, I love like this moto fam and I love our pulp community. Like I think it's made up of a lot of really badass individuals and I think it's really cool how supportive we are and like how moto brings us all together from all different, you know what I mean? Yeah. Backgrounds and, and yeah. You're a big player. Chris will love this of Pulp Mix Fantasy. You're in our our, our group text. <laughs> Snore. <over. laughs> All right. Well, we won't get into that, Chris. Before we roll into the show, do you have any questions? Anything you want to ask Samantha? I mean, I, I don't want to railroad your show, Dark. No, nope. I got a lot of things to ask. Well, now. honestly, if we have to, that's why I wanted you on with Samantha. So have at it. Okay, if Steve so. gets mad that we're not talking about Pulp, too bad. Yeah, Steve could suck. This is your show, Dark. So it's not Steve's Suck show, it, right? Steve. Yeah. So here's what here's everyone sweating me like, oh my God, Sam, you sure you want to do a keeper? Look, I'm not here to talk about gnarly things with Sam, but I do want to know a few key things. Like, I'm glad you answered what Dark Side said because I didn't know how you were in the sport. So do you ride it at all? Do you have a dirt bike? I do, yeah. So yeah, what do you I ride? Have, I have a Honda CRF 150. Okay. How often do you get out? Uh, honestly probably every six months um my dad and i'll go out not as much as i wish i could but definitely still enjoy it and how old are you i'm 29 29 you sound so young (laughs) and have you so do you have a dude have you been now since you're around the pole community because you know how Uh us dudes are in the motor world and times that by 10 around the pulp community right have (laughs) it Any dude's been trying to get up on your DMs, hit you up since, you know, you're kind of active on Twitter and, you know, you do follow the show. So how, how is that for you? Dude, they do it in our group text. What are you talking about? Oh, really? They, yeah, I don't know yeah. this. So this is great. Go ahead, for Samantha. Sure. Um, yeah, they definitely slide into my DMs. Um, I, it's, it's very entertaining. Um, I've made a lot of really cool friends from the, the DM sides. Um, but I don't, you asked if I have a dude, I don't have a dude. I'm single. Um, but yeah, racers are kind of gnarly <laughs> and right. And writers, just industry people in general, right. um, are kind of gnarly. And I think that it's the same way you talk about on the pulp show about how like find yourself a chick that's, that knows nothing about motorcycles. And sometimes I feel the same way about guys because they get, intimidated by the fact that I know so much and I like I'm not afraid to talk back but I also like I love I love to talk moto and um like dark side said like I'm I love Pope Max Fantasy and so it's hard to find somebody that's like and not intimidated by it and what you know what I mean like right I, I don't know if that makes sense so let me ask you this have you ever gone out with someone that knows about the show oh for sure yeah how does that work um, it works good. I mean, it starts off really good because you have a lot in common and you get to talk about the show 
and the race and you know you get to like place bets and and all that and then it starts to get um more recently the whole like gypsy tales pulp mex controversy i i was team pulp mex and and he was team gypsy and so it just oh. turned, <laughs> totally turned into a podcast into wars. A fight and then you yeah and then you're 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 arguing right and it's um so that part becomes challenging and then it's and then it I get, I'm extremely competitive. So then you bring fantasy into it. And then it's like, if he would beat me at fantasy, then I would, I'd be so, so pissed. Like, you know, and so then it's like, it's not even fun anymore because you're so competitive within your own relationship. <laughs> um, and so, and so, yeah, it's, it's, I'm trying to find that balance because I do, I'm a firm believer in your home life theory. And yeah. I think that that's really important. Um, but, but also finding like the right person, you know? Um, so yeah, I just haven't found him yet. Okay, here's the question. Um, do you like After Dark? I love it. Okay. Love it. So here's the thing, Dark Side. Yep. People are stressed out. Oh no, Sam's gonna come on the show, Keeper's on the show. If Sam listens to pulp, she has the sense of humor that is like mine and yours and Steve's. Like she gets it, right? Oh yeah. Um After Dark sometimes is funny, sometimes is uh serious, sometimes we take it somewhere else, but what I usually try to do with After Dark is I try to talk about things that maybe some of us don't talk about out loud because I don't really have much of a filter. <laughs> and I feel like Sam gets that. And if I was a dude and I was single, dude and single, I would say Sam's the type of chick that I would want to hang out with, bro down with, maybe start a relationship with because then you have more things in common. So for you guys on Twitter, listen to this, suck it. I know my audience. I'm not going to sit here and talk about her vagina and her boobs <laughs> and all these things that you guys think I'm going to talk about. Right. I'm not just going to go ape shit, but she gets it. So yeah, that's all I have to say. I told Steve Monday night, uh, you know, when I called in, he asked who the guests were. He was worried. He was worried, you know, at least on the air. He acted like he was worried about you and, and Chick me on the show. I was like, no, dude, Samantha will roll with the dudes. She'll be dirty with the dudes. She has right. no, no, like, if you did ask her about those questions, she'd probably roll with it because, right. yeah, she's. But it's not like I'm coming in hot first right. thing. Hey, what's up? How's your vagina? <laughs> like, what's your vagina look like? Right. Like, I'm not, I'm not dumb. Like, yeah. I well, try to know who I'm talking to, right, before I start really going crazy yeah i don't i don't give you full keeper right away i'll, I'll ease into it, <laughs> love it. but uh, eventually it starts to come out yeah i love it actually um i responded to a lot of your keeper after dark questions um in marty party when like discord um snowboard nation was first a thing and i provided like a female perspective to a lot of the things go. that you talked about in keeper after dark um, I'm not on Discord anymore, but I really enjoyed that because I do think that you cover a lot of really important topics and it is good for, to talk about. Cause like you said, people aren't really talking about it and it's not like they're going to talk about it with their, their, their dudes. Right. So for you to be able to be like, let's talk about it. Like, let's like, you know, mm -hmm. um, evaluate this. I really appreciated it. But yeah, I think it's cool that to add that, um, to add that female perspective for sure. But I'm not afraid of you for after dark, bring on the questions. Like it's all good. See, um, I'm excited. Here's, the, here's, here's the reasons why I like I like the questions to these type of women, because there's not a lot of them. Right. Sure. There's not a lot of Samantha's out in the world where I'm a single woman. I like dirt bikes. I know what I like. I you know, I can enjoy this kind of humor. Um, I like sexual humor. It's funny to me. We all do it. There's certain things that we don't talk about. So 
these are the reasons why when I have women on the phone or I talk to them in person, I like to ask questions because there's not a lot of them out there. Right. I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. So it's rare. I think people misconstrued like, <laughs> Oh, keepers all up in this chick's business. Well, I am a little bit because there's not a lot of you out there. It's like finding a new animal out in the high des that I've never seen before. I want to experience. I want to see what it's all about. Right. I want to yeah. ask these questions. I want to look into it. You know, I know what Heather's about. I've been with her for 16 years. Like, <laughs> sure. Well, and, and the thing with you is it's, when you ask those questions, like it's innocent. It's not like, Oh, you're trying to get into her DMS, you know, and right. try to be like, do something on the, on the, the backside exactly. or whatever. Yeah. I'm not hitting up Sam. Hey, yeah. Sam has a great show. You want to bone later? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I'm not doing that. So. Right. Right. All right. So. Let's, let's get into the show a little bit so that I don't get clipped before next week. Yeah. You're going to get yelled at for sure. About oh that. yeah. But honestly, <laughs> this could be, everything could be perfect and I'd still get yelled at. So it's, it's all, I'm just, hold I'm on, used... hold, before we move, before we move it along, yeah. I, I know this is your show. So oh, you're good. Uh, can we talk about your hair? How many people have noticed it and like it? What is the, the consensus around? Like you cut a lot of it off. Yeah. Yeah. So I literally just went in the house and my uh, stepdaughter was in there and her friends are over and they're like, Hey, show me your hair. Show me your hair. They all liked it. Um, okay. Amber didn't make a, didn't say a word about it when it first is happened. That a bad move then? A couple of days, she didn't say anything. And I was like, Oh, whatever, you know? And, oh, it, and then uh, my youngest stepdaughter said something. She said, mom, do you like it? And she said, Nope. So, oh. yeah, I told you guys she didn't want me to cut it, but she got mad the last, not mad. She just didn't like it the last time I donated it either. But it, in, in a couple months, it'll be, it'll be long again. It grows fast. So she, she just likes, she just likes long hair then, huh? She does. Yeah. Okay. That her, her sister told me when we first got together that her, that when she was like a teenager, she always wanted to get with it, do with long hair. So. And her previous boyfriends had long hair? No, none of them that I'm aware of. You're the one, dude. I'm the You're one. The unicorn that we're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, it's um, yeah. And other than that, nobody's really said a whole lot. People on Twitter, you know, or whatever, have talked about it. But yeah, nothing big. Just Steve giving me crap, and you know, Steve telling me that like last week. I, I know you don't listen every week, but Steve was saying something like, uh, "No, Darkside wanted to do this thing at Three Palms and raise money, but I knew he was going to donate it, which he didn't know that ahead of time. I never told him that. He was just... No, he knew that. No, he, But he's only right. after we, I told him, because I told you guys in the group text, hey, I'm going to cut it anyway. Let's... No, let, no. So here's the reason why. You told me this a long time ago, and okay. I told Steve that's what you did. Okay. Oh, so I think he I already kind of knew. All right. right. But my, my idea, like now it's the curtains pulled back, was like let's build it up. Like I don't want to cut it. Like the people don't have to know that I was going to do that. Just let's raise some money for the privateer fund. Like I thought it'd be a good idea, but you guys, you know, he, well, he wanted it all. So I, I, don't, I did too. I'm on board. Dude. We yeah. wanted it all. Well, you're not going to get it all Kiefer. You're never going to get it all from me, baby. I know. That's what Heather says all the time too. So. <laughs> all right, let's get into this. Vince freeze and the lappers guys was a huge primary topic of, of discussion for the show. Um, we all know what happens. There were some different differing opinions, uh, some good points, some ideas were brought up on the show. Let's start with a little piece of audio and see if Vince was fully at fault um, and see what everyone's thoughts were. But I just don't think there's any chance Freeze knows Barsh is there. I mean, he's, I imagine he was getting some blue flags. Uh, I know for a fact that a couple years ago, his contract was like 15th and up. Mm -hmm. It was a big money. It was a big payday. The flip side here is that Vince 
I mean, unfortunately for him, is kind of a guy that goes down a lap a lot. Like, he does yeah. get lapped a yes. lot. He's been in a lot of these main events. Like, he kind of has to know better. You should be marking you, these guys and know, seeing the yeah. other direction. Here right. comes Barsha and Eli. They're going to be close. Now, I don't think he did it on purpose, like yeah. I said. But in that scenario, if you're Vince, I do feel you have to be a little bit more aware of how, like, you know, these guys well, are coming. But as just a racing incident, that's in my, that's what it is in my mm -hmm. eyes. I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. It's, it's Barsha deserves some fault. The way it was explained to me back in the 90s, which which life was a bit more blunt back in the 90s, you know, things weren't as sugar-coated. So uh, the, the one main event that I made was Charlotte 95, and I distinctly remember Roy Jansen telling us in the riders' meeting, if you see the blue flag, that means there is a race going on and you are not in it. Uh, what would you make of Vince's call? I only heard a couple words, and I had to turn it off. Listen, I like Vince off the track. He's, he's always been pretty nice. You can always say, I didn't mean to, and I don't feel like I did anything wrong. And so many times, I, and I just, it just, I'm numb to it at this point. When you have incidents over and over and over, I kind of just tune out your comments past that once you get to a certain point. When you're being lapped, you can't drift. You, and I know that was kind of the line, but you have to be really careful in those situations. Like, you cannot be the cause of a lead rider going down and certainly take out third and fourth place uh, because you're making contact with one of them. I, I just don't believe that's something you can allow yourself to do. Like you have to give them the race line at all times and you can't swerve out of the way, but you have to be really mindful. So yeah, like as a lapped rider, he's done things as recently as three days before that what just happened. All right, Samantha, I want to go to you first. Um, I'm kind of on board with JT a little bit, but what are your thoughts on everything? There's a lot of good points with this. This is a big discussion on the review show, and of course, most of Monday Night Show is talking about this. What are your thoughts on what the guys had to say? Uh, who's right? Who's wrong? Or is anybody wrong? <laughs> um, my frustrations with Vince personally is his lack of accountability, whether it's this past weekend or in general. I feel like he deflects and he never accepts faults for himself sure um Dino immediately right after the incident went on instagram accepted accountability apologized vince never apologized the entire interview on monday night he deflected which is frustrating and mathis brought up multiple times about how he's not well liked in the sport but i think that's for valid reasons and i feel like if i were vince i would be evaluating like he he said that he uh I still feel really strongly that I didn't do anything wrong, try my best to avoid stuff like this, but it kind of, it's kind of been following me a little bit lately. Yeah. Is it though? Is it? <laughs> I don't, I don't think it is. I, I, I think that there's a common denominator and the common denominator is you. And I think you need to evaluate that, whether that's your technique on the track or which Kiefer can talk about, or that's your mentality off the track. Like you need to accept responsibility for yourself and your actions, and none of that happened on Monday night. I, I do agree with that. Chris, what do you think on the topic? Um, like I said, uh, Steve was basically saying, hey, you got to judge each, like in a vacuum, as he always says, right? Each incident on its own. And JT said, hey, yeah. he has a history of this. You have to take all that into account. What do you think? So I'll break down somewhat of what the actual people on the show said. So yep. let, me, let me break some of that down. Okay. Um, JT... I like how JT prefaces, oh, I like Vince, but I can't listen to it. <laughs> right. That's bullshit. Yeah, he doesn't okay, like you Vince. You don't like Vince. No. Just because you're a WPS, uh, you're saying that you're just kind of sugarcoating it. But 
you know JT doesn't like Vince. If you're turning it off and can't listen to it, you already already judged Vince before whatever he even says, okay? Um, I agree with Steve on the fact that even though we've had plenty of these Vince conversations, Vince has did this, Vince has did that, and there's been many, many things, and he hasn't had a great year this year. There's been some questionable dismounts from him in the air. Like I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> um, but yeah. Steve is right. You have to judge each incident by itself, no matter what the track record is. I remember my dad always used to say, hey, man, your track record isn't good. That's the reason why I'm assuming what I'm assuming. So the nature of us human beings that are into moto, that watch Vince a lot, are like, oh, there's Vince again. He's fucking up. You know, he's screwing this up again. Um, Kellen, on that hand, he's kind of saying the same thing. Like, I think he's just so sick of the Vince incidents that mm-hmm. he is already like judging Vince about this incident. So with that being said, my take, and I know Steve hates this when we talk, but we're just guests. We don't need to, you know, our take, but I'm going to tell you anyway. We, he, it's okay um, if you're in the industry and you're in the industry. I, th- I think that's the rule. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> I wanted to give Steve a little bit of what he wanted. You know, see how I just sure. talked about the guests. Yeah, they thought that's that's what he wants. Right? Absolutely. So I'm trying to help you out, Dark Side. Thanks, man. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> honestly, I want to I want to disagree with both of y'all. I think uh, Sam speaks really well. I, I disagree with you, say Dark Side. I think in this incident, um, Vince did not think or know Barsha was going to go to the left side because if you ride dirt bikes, where that double bends to the right into that triple. The race line, and if you look at some photos later in a couple days later, there was more ruts in the middle than there was to the left or all the way to the right. In order to get to the triple from all the way to the right, you would really have to cut that double really hard, which is slow. So I agree, and I did hear this part of the interview. Vince was assuming he was going to let this blue flag guy, whoever he was, because in case he didn't know who it was, um, around at the next left after the triple. He did not expect Barsha to go fucking ape shit into him and run into the back of him when he was on the line that he was normally taking. So I am not going to sit here and say Vince is a douche this time. Vince has done douchey things in the past. I think fair. he's been – this is it's a slippery slope. Yes, it is. Uh, he's been fairly good the past couple years. It's not old-school Vince where he's – with Weston, he's cutting across berms. Old school Vince was gnarly, dude. Like oh, yeah. he did yeah. some sketchy ass shit. These things that are happening now are more towards maybe um, having his head up his ass just a little bit, but not in a manner where he's doing it vindictive. You know what I'm saying? No, I, and I do agree with that. And that's one of the things JT said is like, I don't believe he did this on purpose. But Kiefer, you've rode. At not not at the highest level of Supercross, but you've rode right. at the Supercross level. So if you're getting lapped and you know the faster guys are coming, do you not get out of the race line and say, "All right, well, I can't, I can't go in that line because I'm I'm probably going to be in the way." And now Vince said that section you just had to get through it. Basically, is what you're saying. Like you couldn't go to the right; it was so ruddy. It just but if you know yeah. those guys are coming, do you not just say it doesn't matter? I got to get over. Well, here's the thing, and I and I did hear some people talk about this. The blue flag guys are waving it way early. Yeah, that was a big okay. topic. Sure. Yep. So they're they're blowing it out there way early. Um, go rewind this this race and go watch Intignat get lapped. Mm-hmm. Of course, 
he's cruising. He's in 20th. And it's a lot easier because he doesn't give a shit because he's in 20. He's like, hey, man, go ahead, get around me. Vince is up there, maybe because of his bonus that he might have. Yeah. So, as deep, you know, this is not any new news to you guys listening out there. When you go deeper in the field, they're going to be more of a pain in the ass to pass. <laughs> sure. Plain and simple. So, <laughs> and it's Vince on top of that. So, Vince is a strong minded person. I know him a little bit. He, he wants to do good for the team, he wants to show. Um, Genova that, Hey, you're made the right choice. The each individual has their own reasons for being out there. And just because they're not Roxon or Barsha's speed doesn't make it any less important. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like, you're right. I feel like us fans just fucking judge these dudes. Uh, that guy's an 18th. Fuck that dude. He sucks. That's bullshit. That dude is gnarly as shit. And these guys that are winning are just gnarly. Er, I talked to Hartraft. Um, he was up here riding with me and he's like, dude, you have no idea. I'm like, what do you mean? And he's like, it is insane how good these guys are. And Hartraff podium 250. He's like, yeah, he's I like, feel these, bad for these him. 250 guys think they're going to come into 450 podium and then do good in 450. They're like, no way. It's insane. So I just think in this instance, Vince just had his head up his ass a little bit. He could have did things a little different and it went badly. And I think some of that is on Barsha. He has to be aware of where he's fucking going. Yeah. And I think everybody on the show pretty much said he, he deserves some of the, the blame. Like one, you have to know that the, you have to be, no, Hey, that's Vince. And this, he has a history, right? And you right. have to also know, okay, this is where the race line goes. I'm about to thread the needle. As they kept saying Monday night, that's dangerous in an, in and of itself. So he definitely deserves some of the blame. I, I agree with all of them on that. Um, how are you on time, Chris? Yeah, I'm good. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, since 1999, Seal Savers has offered the ultimate protection to the off-road industry. Seal Savers is the original fork seal protection, starting with the original Seal Savers to pre prevent dirt, dust, and mud from getting into your fork seals. Seal Savers has since revolutionized fork seal protection with their zip-on Seal Savers, making installation a breeze. Check out their full line of moto products as well as intuitive products for your side-by-side. -side. Seal Savers is the original and the ultimate when it comes to protection. Enter code PULP25 to save 25% at sealsavers.com. All right, uh, Chris, yeah. should the AMA have done something with this, this situation? Steve says no. Oh, Jesus. And, uh, you know, and they talked about the flaggers and, you know, whether the AMA could do if they had more manpower, more money, like it would take a lot. And then Steve doesn't even believe they could handle it, that the AMA could, you know, they can't do half the things they're trying to do anyway, let alone add mm -hmm. something new to their plate. But what do you think, man? Should they have gotten involved? Should they, you know? No, I don't okay. think they should have gotten involved in this one. Um, they've missed a lot of things in the past. Obviously we saw what went down, you know, <laughs> the race before, um, Steve is right. I think yeah. AMA is there to do one thing, you know, is to sanction the race, um, get the number one plates, collect the points, do the deal. But as far as coming up with new ideas or new ways to advance our sport or really hone in on things that are going on within the race, they're missing out on, on a lot of that. Um, I've been a part of racing. I've done some things before that AMA has been a part of, and I'm like, it's, it's kind of a, a weird deal with the AMA. So I just don't think for that reason, AMA should do anything to Vince, let alone lappers, because they would have to have so much manpower 
to quarterback every situation that happened on the track. There's so much going on within um, 10th to 20th place. There's just no way to do that. So um, for them not to do anything, I think it's the right move, honestly. Okay. Uh, Samantha, I want to ask you a separate question. Kellen brought up the fact that you don't see this in other motorsports. Uh, and Steve kind of said, hey, I, he feels like the fans, uh, uh, moto fans, are tuned out to stick and ball sports and other forms of motor motorsports, which I don't really agree with. But um, what do you think? I mean, do you watch any other sports? Do you do you notice that these kind of things that happen in motocross and supercross, specifically supercross, don't seem to happen in sanctioning bodies of other sports? Um, I played rugby in high school and I played golf in college. Okay. Um. <laughs> so you you are sort of tuned out to these other sports yourself then. Um, I watch, I mean, I've, I've watched it enough to know that I do think that Supercross is kind of a shit show when it comes to, um, yeah. okay. it, you know what I mean? If that makes sense. Um, I, I, yeah, I feel like we could do better. I okay. definitely feel like we could do better. All right. So I was going to move on to, well, Vince, obviously he manned up and he came on the show. He sounded pretty damn dejected. I'm going to play the audio. I think we covered a lot of it already, but let's listen to it. And if there's anything else we want to talk about, we will. And if not, we can move on and we can let Chris go here in a minute. But let's listen. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Obviously, look, uh, rough weekend for you for sure. And, uh, you know, I I, I definitely think it, it wasn't ideal for you. Uh, it wasn't a great look. But on the other hand, Vince, I don't want to tar and feather you either. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't ideal, but, um, yeah, it, it is what it is. I had no clue that he was right there, and Justin just tried to, I think, thread the needle in a spot that that just wasn't there. Um, I knew I didn't do anything wrong, but it's just like, yeah, the leader ran into the back of me, or one of the leaders ran into the back of me. And, yeah, um, yeah it, was, it was a bummer. It kind of messed up what I felt like was a, was a decent race I had going. And the, the blue flag guys are supposed to – to, to be there if they're a little inconsistent. I don't know if it's different guys week to week or I think if there's something legitimately I did wrong, I'm, I, I would get some sort of a, a real fine or suspension or something. You know, I, I, I'm sure that it was Justin panicking in that situation. Yep. Um, I think any of the other top guys, Cooper, Kenny, Eli, I don't think would have tried threading the needle where he did. Right. Um, oh. I mean, you kind of see every year he, he, has, he has some good rounds and he kind of blows himself up at some point fuck my ass all right sorry about that those beeps uh chris got disconnected on accident during that but we we've talked about a lot of this already but and samantha you pretty much already said i was going to ask you guys if his interview swayed either of you and clearly samantha with you it didn't um he definitely felt sounded dejected which being the 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 emotional type guy i am i felt bad for the guy but um, so in your opinion, it didn't help his case any Samantha, correct? That he came on and he just didn't, it didn't do you, didn't do anything for you. Um, I think that he brought up a valid point with the loppers and Kevin, um, even mentioned it in Brands, his interview yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, mentioned it in his interview as well, as far as the, I'm sorry, the flaggers, um, with that being a serious problem with just the inconsistency. So I feel like I I, I took that. I, that was the takeaway that I got from Vince's interview yeah. was that if, you know, he's saying it and his privateer saying it, then, and we're seeing these problems, um, 
you know, week after week, then there definitely is a problem that needs to be solved. Um, yeah. 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 I think you're right. Um, Chris, I mean, it still takes a big man to come on in that situation. He could have very easily just said, no, I'm not, I don't want to do it. Yeah. I think he, he thought better and just said, you know what, I'm going to go on the show yeah. and just get it out of the way. And, and, <laughs> and like I said, I know him a little bit and he's always pretty straightforward. I mean, yeah. man, is it stuff that we want to hear? Probably not, but I would have been a little bit more upbeat or a little bit more, um, vocal of, of at least to say, Hey man, he was in the wrong place, wrong time. But I mean, I'm sorry to be that. I didn't want to be that guy. Just yep. something to have a little bit of remorse, even though maybe you know that you didn't do anything wrong. Like, I feel like that's how I would be. Like, even though I may do anything wrong, shit, man, that's, that's my, my bad. Like I didn't should have paid attention more. Like take it upon yourself a little bit more, like put the burden on you a little bit, even though maybe you don't feel like you need to do that. I think that could go a long way as well. If he wants to, you know, keep fans or, or, you know, keep people interested in him. Yeah, I agree. Um, That's how I would have reacted at least. But, uh, um, Vince is a pretty monotone dude anyway, when you talk to him, that's true. That's true. (laughs) So I don't think, uh, anything that we heard on Monday night was anything different. Even if he got fifth place, it's just how he talks. Yeah. I've had him on the show on my show. So I agree with you, but I, I don't think it did him any favors coming on because of the tone and because of the things he said, but I still right. give him props for coming on and uh, good for Steve for reaching out because I considered it for like half a second and I thought, oh, there's no way he's going to do it. So good job on Steve for getting him on. I mean, Steve always does a good job of tackling the, the hot topics or the important things and getting them done on Monday nights. Um, one thing that was funny, Samantha, you you watch on YouTube sometimes. You, you're in the YouTube chat during the show Monday there was people blowing that thing up. Call in. People, like, somebody take calls. Take calls. There's all these callers that want to talk to Vince. And and Steve was like, yeah, nobody was on hold. Nobody called in. All these people talking really? shit. Now, whether Steve was – I feel like Steve would have taken the calls if they were there. I don't think he was making that up, that no calls were there. So that kind of surprised me because, Samantha, I'm sure you saw the comments, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. I feel like every everyone's a fucking keyboard warrior and oh, everyone yeah. has something to say. Yeah, yeah. And then well. you call them out on it and then suddenly they're fucking pussies. And they're <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. I didn't, oh, I, big fan. I didn't, I didn't. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. No, you no. you're going to ask me, use your words. What were you saying? Like, yep. you know, yep. so yeah, they talk a lot of shit, but when, like Steve said, nobody was there to call, nobody was there to, you know, confront Vince and nobody sure as fuck is going to say anything to him. Um, you know, at the race. So, oh no, no. And if they see him in person, they're gonna be like, talk. "We're on your side, Vince." So yeah, it's, yeah. And we're gonna talk yeah, about keyboard warriors later once Marks get on gets on. Yeah, um, it just kind of bummed me out to hear that his social media is private. I didn't realize that because I don't follow I don't follow him. But that bumped me out that as a sport that he feels the need to keep it private just so that he's not hassled. Yeah. You know, well, on a, that that bumps me out. I like, think two you know, or. Th- two or three of the guests Monday night talked about keyboard warriors, social media, you know, hate, and we're going to get to that. Um, I'm going to let Chris go before that. Chris, do you have time? Well, I, I want to talk about that real quick. Oh, okay. Right? Well, all right. Um, so yeah, here, here's my it. take on that. The okay. keyboard warriors things. Like <laughs> I built my business to help people. Yeah. Right? Like I left dirt rider. I built key for ink to like help people. I get, I don't really make money 
off of answering emails, you know, things that I do that other media outlets don't do. Right. And no matter what, you can be a saint. You can have, you can be Jesus Christ himself. It doesn't matter because someone is going to be pissed off at you. You're going to be something to them that they don't like. So I just feel like for me, I've just learned that and I let it roll off my shoulders because I know more people will appreciate what I do versus not. And I think some of these writers need to learn that too. And I think Christian's some of uh, Christian's a little bit like that too. I think he, he feeds on positivity and he feeds on um, when he does good and when people like him and pat him on the back. And I think that helps him and that makes him ride better. And then when it doesn't go well and people are talking shit, it really bothers him. So yeah. This is the thing that some of us, like when Steve says, oh, fragile little flowers, I think a lot of riders are, and they're insecure guys, you know, human beings. So um, you see it at the track, you know, these local riders, they haul ass, but if someone gets in their way, they rev their engine, they're cussing at the (laughs) dude, they're just fragile dudes just because something didn't go their way, they freak out. And uh, we as riders, I mean, I don't know how many listen to the show, but like, they just need to like, Hey man, not everyone's going to like me. It is what it is. Like, and some writers have that. I know Tomac's that way. Webb's that way. They're just like, Hey, fuck it. I am right. who I am. That's how, that's how it is. You know, it's not easy though. I mean, like it's you, you, that's the, it's very easy for some of that to get to you eventually when you see it all the time. I get it. Um, I, I hate that these how guys do you deal with dark side when people talk shit about dark side, who talks, who talks shit about me? What are you talking about? <laughs> fuck them. <laughs> I don't really, I really don't get it that bad anymore. I mean, every once in a while, I'll see something on like Steve's Twitter where it's like fire dark side, but they don't tag me. So fuck them. Right. You know? Right. Exactly. But, uh, and yeah, I don't really care. I mean, Samantha's one of them. She's always trying to get me fired. Nice. Um, (laughs) I like what what Samantha says F word. It's cool. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Kiefer can ask you a question. Do you think your ability to let that shit roll off your back is based on your age and i'm not i'm not calling you old i'm just saying that as like millennial me being 29 i'm the same age as a lot of the writers and we grew up with um technology and social media and i feel like a lot of us find validation in that in social media so then when we don't get it like christian you know christian and i um, around the same age when we don't get it 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 hurts you know what i mean it makes a big impact on us versus you didn't grow up with that so you're able to kind of just like let like like you said fuck it like Um. um I think maybe it's how I was raised. And that's what I think a lot of this is a millennial, not millennial, um, gen Y, gen, whatever. (laughs) I just think how your parents were and raised you. My dad was like hardworking dude. This is what you do. Um, if you're, if you're not doing this right, you need to work harder. Everything was like, just work, be nice, be humble. And I try to raise my son that way. And he's 15 now. And he, I see, bits and pieces of him. Like, yeah, people don't like me. It's fine. I don't care. I just think cause it's how you were raised and Christian, for example, had an, a gnarly upbringing, you know? So I think he's already a little insecure in that direction. So mm-hmm. I think if we dove into these writers lives, if we dissected it, right. And these people that may have some of those issues with social media and keyboard warriors, let it get to them. I think if we really, got a chance to dissect their lives and their parents, we would find out that their parents maybe didn't raise them um, in that direction where you need to let that shit roll off your shoulders. That's what I think. Okay. Do you have time to uh, talk about lappers 
before we let you go? Oh man, I'm so I have so much time to talk about lappers. <laughs> okay, we're gonna talk about lappers, and then I'm gonna let you go. Um, okay. Obviously, with everything we've already talked about, Vince was a lapper. Lappers come into play multiple issues. Uh, let's listen to what they had to say, and we'll talk about it. Do you think maybe yeah, like would would more people employed with the blue flag, you know, AMA people, people that know what's going on, would that help? I'm down with a black flag. JT, what about that? You get lapped twice, black flag. Well, if you're going to pull guys okay. off for getting lapped, uh, there wouldn't be a lot of guys qualifying the 250 series right now. <laughs> I've gotten 10th at Daytona before and gotten lapped twice. Right. Well, you still so, get your 10th. Yeah. You just you get you wouldn't be as tired after that. Oh, I get, I get my money, I get my points, and I yeah. get a few laps off? Yeah. All right, I'm down. Look, somebody on Twitter or somewhere had a great idea. Right by the mechanics area make a chalk line and 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 you if you're getting lapped or you have the you got the blue flag mm-hmm. every single lap you have to divert right or let's say it's on the right hand side let's say it's a say right hand turn and you go down and start straight you have to turn right and go on the right hand side of this chalk line and at least the leader knows that you will go on the right hand side of that chalk line every lap you have to go there every single lap all right Samantha I'm going to go with you first as the non racer um <laughs> Interesting ideas, and also helmet communication came up a ton. Um, I, I don't have an issue with the black flag or the chalk line idea. Now, whether they'd be able to implement them and have people follow those rules and, and make it all work, you know, again, AMAs can be a shit show sometimes, but did you like any of those ideas? Um, Steve was in for the black flag one, and JT was once he realized he still got his points and his money. Um, absolutely. I agree with Mathis. Um, the I don't think the AMA seems to care, um, but I loved all of the solutions that were presented on Monday night. I love the idea of trying and helmet communication. I love the idea of instituting fines. Um, I feel like there's, there's clearly a problem. Let's fucking solve it. Like, let's figure this out. Um, And money was brought up, but that's, that's what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like we need, we need to figure out a solution because this can't continue to happen because then it turns into a shit show and, and then you don't want to watch that. That's not, you know, that's not what we need as a sport. Right. Um, but I definitely, I loved all of the, the solutions that were presented. You liked um, them all, huh? To, yeah. Even... I really, I feel like definitely try. I love the idea of the fines because I feel like when you start finding them, then they like, then shit actually starts changing. You know what I mean? I feel like then they're going to second guess. I loved the in-helmet communication. Mathis kept bringing up that he heard that they couldn't hear, but I feel like with as fast as technology is evolving, that we definitely should be able to have some type of in-helmet communication. Yep. Um, but de- definitely something needs to change. What about Chris Betts's idea of horns? <laughs> I mean, I, I fucking love Betts. Okay. Um, so I, I love I love this idea. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm right. curious to, to hear what Kiefer thinks. Yeah, all right, Chris. So first of all, the, the helmet communications, Chris, you know a little bit about this. They used it at Monster Cup, uh, the, uh, the Scala system. Um, I think last time they had Monster Cup, which was 19, my buddy works for that company, uh, a lot of guys, including, I think, Vince and Bloss, uh, the MCR team, all those guys tested it. It actually does work. Um, mm-hmm. Most of the guys that used it liked it. I want to say Vince had said he didn't like it because I talked to him right afterwards. But most of the guys thought it was pretty bitching. Um, but anyway, give me your thoughts as a racer on how to handle black flags. You heard some of the ideas. I know you didn't get to listen to the whole show. Um, right. And I'll probably get yelled at for that, too. But uh, whatever. <laughs> 
but give me your thoughts on it, man. I mean, you heard what they had to say. Yeah, yeah, no, I did. I got some of that too. I, I've listened to bits and pieces. So if Steve listens to this, which is chances are pretty low, so we don't have to worry about it. <laughs> dude, this is the only. Uh, this is the first dude. He's listening to this as soon as it's downloaded. He loves this show. Don't don't listen to he. Don't let him fool you. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so for me, a lot of things to talk about here. As a fan, let me let me get this out of the way. Okay. As a fan, I love all this shit. Okay. I love guys getting in the way. I love guys crashing. I love uh, Dean Wilson fucking up uh, Roxon's race. I love all of it. <laughs> okay. Because look at all of us. Look at us, all of us idiots. We're talking about it. It gives us media guys jobs. It gives us something to talk about. What if Eli ran away with it? It'd be so boring, right? Oh, yeah. It's just so boring. Dude, the um, last couple years have been awesome. Right? Okay, so let me ask you this, and, and my memory may not serve me well. How often... Are we talking about a rider affecting a win or a podium, a, a, a lapped rider, I should say? Oh. How often are we doing this? Like not every race for sure, but it probably <laughs> once or twice a year at least. Okay, okay. so it, it, let's say it happens once a year. Yeah. Does that warrant – does it mean that we need to just – every time something bad or something weird happens in our sport, we got to fix it. We got to do something different. Let's do black flags. Let's do uh, a chalk line. Let's just fucking calm down. Okay. Everyone needs to calm the <laughs> fuck down. Okay. JT saying, oh man, I'll, I'll take the money. I'll take 10th, the less work. That's bullshit. Dude, these guys pay just as much money to race as the top dudes. And if you find these guys, they ain't making dick anyway. Right, <laughs> yeah. How are they going to go race? And and I can guarantee you, I can guarantee you, if th this is what we do, right? Okay, we're going to find the, these lappers. The AMA is going to fuck more things up than help, okay? <laughs> that was definitely we, Steve's look, opinion. We're talking about track records in this post-show post, uh, <laughs> podcast here, and AMA doesn't have the greatest track record, right? So now we're finding privateers. Hey, man, we're going to find you 500 bucks. Well, shit, man, I only made 1500 That gives me a grand fucking what is that going to do so i just think as as media of course we're going to talk about it let's let's talk about it let's do these shows let's do all of this but as a sport let's just calm down it's a different type of sport than nascar than f1 we are unique in a lot of situations it's part of Lappers have been part of, of our sport since Day one. the beginning of time, yeah. dude. Okay, yeah. and when shit goes hap when shit goes south, and it does at times in everything in life. Like, why are we trying to change something? As I think, there's a lot more important things to change than the lapper situation. Okay. Okay. Let's change the purse situation. Let's. <laughs> uh, Good point. There, there's just more shit to worry about than. We need a lapper uh, solution. No, we do not, dude. It's racing. Some guys are slow. Some guy needs to pay attention more. Dude, it's all individualized. It's up to the rider to make the decision. And sometimes riders, human beings, make dumb choices. That's life. That's racing. It makes it exciting. Yes, sometimes people get fucked. We saw Roxon. He got fucked. By the way, I love the Wilson Instagram thing. Wilson! That was funny. <laughs> um but I just think we all need to calm down. Okay. We're in a, we're, we're just relax, everyone. Shit happens. It's not going to happen every race. 
Okay, we're gonna we're gonna go to Florida, and I can almost guarantee you that nothing's gonna happen for for lepers. Everything's gonna be fine. So okay. that's that's my take. <laughs> All right, I I'm not fully on board with your opinion. I, I lean a little bit more towards Steve with uh, something like because it, it really affected like Barsha's championship hopes are gone now, um, and it it that's a big deal. But I get where you you're know coming from. You know what's gonna help that dark side? He stay- just find himself. He just fucked himself, right, Barsha? Okay. He yeah. he basically, <laughs> Amy didn't need to find anybody. Barsha just find himself. Now, if he had a championship, he just lost a million bucks, right? So right. maybe he's going to use his head a little bit more to pass not only Vince but other dudes, because some of these top guys look down on these lappers so much that they just think they assume. They're going to fucking get out of the way. That That dude, is some true. Some of these guys aren't that way, dude. Like, I don't care who you are, Roxon. I ain't getting out of your way. You're a, <laughs> you have two legs. You put your fucking foot in the boot same way I do. Suck it. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that point. Again, never race at a high level myself. But if I'm, whether I'm racing and I'm second and I'm racing the guy in first or I'm first and I'm lapping somebody, I have to think ahead of where I'm going to pass, no matter what or, or the situation. Like I can't, I can't just assume, like you just said, that the guy's going to get the hell out of my way because he's racing too, and if he's in the main line, then I have to be talented enough, smart enough, or whatever to find another fast line somewhere. So let me just give you an example, yep. real quick. I raced, I don't know, two weeks ago. I did a Glen Helen local swap motor race. Okay, and they put us. Um, I did an open pro. Open pro was first gate. Second gate was like plus 25 intermediate or something. Right. So mm-hmm. I end up lapping these dudes on the, the fourth lap. Right. So some of these guys are racing with each other. They don't know who's coming by. I can rev my engine and all that does is piss them off. Right. Cause they think it's some other dude. So I had a run in with one guy. He like wouldn't let me by. So I tried to go around him. I, I damn near jumped on him. And I just kind of shook my head and I was pissed off. I was like, what a fucking asshole. Like I was really pissed off because he could have screwed my race up. Right. But I got off the track and I thought about it and I'm like, dude, these guys are racing. They can't see behind me. They they're trying to do their own race. Like I need to calm down a little bit. I need to plan my passes a little bit more. So I just think this is all the strategy of racing dirt bikes, man. Yeah. There's definitely some truth in that. You're, you're, you're not completely wrong, or I, I guess I shouldn't say you're wrong at all. You have your opinion, um, but I see your I see your point too. I definitely think it's it's you have to plan your passes in moto uh, yeah. a little differently than you do in NASCAR or F1 or, or whatever. You know, it's just it is a different. It's a different in NASCAR. You can see the dudes like yeah. coming on. You're the big ass car. Yeah, like, and you got spotters, them, right? and you got yeah. That, I mean, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. I, 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 mean, I let's just say this. I don't. I wouldn't mind some communication in the helmet. I think that's that that would be cool. That could actually help some injuries. That's what I look for. Yes. Right? Like yes. If something's going on, that's what I would like communication for. It is like, hey man, dude swapped out. Don't jump that blind jump because there's a dude there, right? Yeah. 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 I, I think it's. I do think it's coming in the future. I do think it needs to be available to everybody. Like it should be something that either failed has to spend a little money and make sure everybody has it. Uh, so it's fair. Um, it's it's going to be a good thing. Once it comes, the scale system seems to work really well. I actually use the headphones when I, cause you know, I ride with music, Chris, I've told you that I, yeah. I have the headphones and I just plug it into an iPod 
but I hear perfectly fine. I can hear the other bikes. I can hear the music. Um, it's not distracting to me at all. So I think if they implemented it, it would be a good thing. Um, right. All right, dude. Um, we've had you on a lot longer than, we originally it's talked been about fun. I, I got engulfed in all this. This is great. See, I think it's all because of Sam. She speaks well. She knows the sport. Um, she has a, she has a voice for radio. Oh my gosh. It's great. Well, I, it. I appreciate you coming on. I knew it would be really good to have you on with her. So thank you for taking time out of your busy, your, I can't even talk your busy day. Um, yeah, thank you. And, uh, Hey, I, I called your dude over there at uh power motorsports. Yep. Talk to him today. So, uh, I'm working on you getting, you getting a fresh steed. I'm thinking I'm, I'm <laughs> trying to figure out how I can make it happen. Um, budget's Listen not quite can that talk open about this too real quick before I leave. Sure. <laughs> okay. This tie is, tie it in the pulp somehow. This is a great show because we ain't going by the rules right now. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, this may be the okay. last one. <laughs> no, this is great. It's going to get more ratings because we're off topic bullshit. This is why people like, like this, like random shit. Uh, you I need agree. to get a bike, a new bike, because you need one. You, it's the shit that you have is a little dated. Fifteen, okay? yep. Fifteen. It's it's about time. Five, six years. That's a great, you know, time to get a new bike. I agree with the two fifty F move. As much as you ride, I feel like a two fifty F would be way more fun. You don't have to be in the best shape. It it's not going to ride you. You can actually ride the motorcycle, right? Yep. YZ two fifty F has enough bottom in for you. You can have fun. You're going to do the jumps regardless of what you have. A 250F is not going to make or break you doing this double out of a corner, right? Because either you're going to do it or not. Yeah. Okay. So the second part of this equation is money, right? I know that's part of yours as well. Sure. Look, it. I don't know what you stand with financing, okay? But it's 150 bucks a month to finance your motorcycle. If you have more, you make, you know, double payments, pay it off sooner, but the fun factor that I try to tell people, like, hey, man, you plan on keeping a bike five, six years, financing isn't bad. So don't think so hard about the nut that you're about to crack with this bike because you're going to use it. It's going to be worth 150 bucks a month for you to go riding, dude. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're right. I agree with you, and I, I think I'm going to do it. It's just going to take – I got I to gotta move into the process a little slow, you know. Um, why, why, why? Why are you well, so hesitant? money is part of it. Um, but okay. also I don't know if you remember the story, like my dad bought this bike for me. So I, there's a little sentimental value to it. Cause it was just out of nowhere. A few years ago, he was okay. just like decided he wanted to get me a bike. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. So there's a little sentimental value. And then just getting rid of my, don't fourth, sell it. Eh, I, I guess I could keep it, but then I have the Oh six too. And I damn sure not selling that one. That's fine. You got three bikes. Who, who says three bikes is too many. Okay. I like, I like your way of thinking. You know what I'm saying? Like you work your ass off during the day. You live once. If you can, if you, I'm not saying if you can afford it, yeah. and you know, yes or no. If you can, don't think about it, dude, get it. You ride enough. You're in the sport. This is what I get Steve, you know, all up in arms about is because dude, you're in the sport. Enjoy it. Yeah. You know? Well, and he and is enjoy, now. Enjoy yep. the fruit of the R and D that I work my balls off for. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're right. You're right. And uh, you know what? The, if I do get a new bike, what it means and I got you. Like, let's just say you get a new bike. I got you, dude. Okay. Like, don't don't stress on that stuff. Like, I got you. But you know, you know what I get to do if I get a new bike? What? New Berm Lords graphics. Oh boy. Here oh, we fuck. go. I think it's time for me to get the fuck off the line. <laughs> uh, I am the Lord of Bombs. I got a new YZ two fifty F. I am Dark Side. There you go. All right, Chris. I'm gonna let you go. We'll get uh we'll get Travis Marks on. 
Thank you for coming right. on and giving us some of your time, dude. Hey, have a great show, Sam. Thanks for being on. We love having some estrogen on the wrap-up show. It's awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Kiefer. All right, see y'all. See ya. I'll so, probably blow a fuel plug. All right, we are back and on the line with me, brought to you by motosport.com, the one and only Dune Goon, Travis Marks. What's up, brother? Hello, hello. Hey, I appreciate you coming on. Uh, and, you know, originally I was like, hey, I don't know if Kiefer is going to be able to come through. Will you be my backup? And you didn't even complain. Well, I'm going to complain now because we just, you know, you, Chris said maybe 15 minutes, and here we are an hour later. Just that one <laughs> running around the Kiefer schedule. Okay, well, Kiefer, we got yeah, it. Don't worry. I know, I know. And, like, Kiefer, like, he was like, hey, I don't have that much time. I'll come on a little bit because I want to talk to Samantha and kind of pick her brain a little bit. And then I keep asking him, hey, you good on time? Yeah, I'm good. He Like, he was all in. I probably could have done the whole show with him, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's how it goes. It is. All right, before we get rolling, Guts Racing was established in 1990 as a premier off-highway seat manufacturing company, offering high-performance seat covers and foam for motocross, supercross, and off-road competition. Guts Racing has worked with every top rider at some point of their career. From Steve Lampson and McGrath in the 90s to Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart in the 2000s, and today with Rockstar Husky, Pro Circuit Kawasaki, and many more. If it's style and performance you want, you come to the right place. Check out GutsRacing.com for info on the many products offered, such as the Phantom Light Seat Foam. All right, Mark, as I told you, we barely touched on the show, it seems like, with Kiefer. Um, one of the guests Monday night was Kevin Morans. Dude, this guy was Freaking awesome. I just loved his upbeat attitude. I thought he was fantastic. Uh, Marks, what'd you think, man? Have you ever talked to Morans before? I think he's done a privateer Island before, but I don't know that he's ever been on the main show. No, I haven't. And I've never, uh, I, I do believe you're right. I think he's been on the privateer Island, but I, I didn't listen if he was. Um, so this was my first time hearing from him and, and I thought it was really good. He, I dig the energy. He was super, just seems super pumped on life right yeah. now. Um, and you could tell it, it, that came through in the interview, I think. So um, for me, that was my favorite interview of the night. I think it was, it was, it was sweet. And, you know, hopefully he gets a little love for it. Yeah, I think so. Samantha, how about you? What'd you think of Kevin? I loved it. I loved having him on. Um, I thought he brought really good insight to the privateer life. And I was stoked to hear a little bit more about him. And I've definitely heard of him in fantasy, but I didn't know, I didn't know his background or arena cross or anything like that. So that was super cool to hear. And I was really glad that he came on and um, Steve even gave him the time to talk about his personal sponsors with like the Hawaiian candy sponsor and everything yeah, yeah. and shout out his Patreon. And I thought that that was, that was really cool. So let me ask you this, Samantha, since you're a first timer on the show, on the wrap-up show, uh, but a long-time Pulp listener. Two questions. Do you like when Steve has guys, a privateer guy on like this, more or less or equal to when he has an Eli Tomac? Like, what do you find more interesting uh, with Pulp what do, when he has, you know, what type of guests do you like? Um, personally, I enjoy the privateers because I, I love learning about them. And I think that that they're not given the opportunity enough as they should be mm -hmm. to, um, you know what I mean? To give us insight into their, um, their program. And, and I, I love when he has privateers on, I, I know he does a privateer Island podcast, but I love when he, when he brings them on the pulp show, just because I feel like the audience is so much bigger. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of, um, 
repetition when it comes to the like title contenders and their interviews and their yep. answers and you know what I'm saying. And so um, I think it's really cool to to get to know these privateers and their personalities and and it makes fantasy that like that much more interesting too to put um, like a voice to the name and I really enjoy it and I I'm really grateful that he gave them the opportunity to, to come on. And as a pl- faithful player of the. <laughs> the Pulpamex fantasy that Marx has created and, uh, you yeah. know, overseas, <laughs> I'm sure that it playing that game gives you much more interest in, in wanting to know these privateers that we're having to pick so that they can either make our Saturday nights amazing or they can ruin our Saturday nights. Absolutely. <laughs> um, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, who the fuck is that? And I'll go on Instagram and I just find them and I'm like, I like, who is this? Yeah. Um, so yeah, the more, the more information I know about them, the, the better for uh, sure. Um, Mark, you and I have to talk about fantasy later. We got, we have some words. Oh, we do. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I don't know if you've heard, I don't know if you've heard it's not actually my site, it's Dan and Paul's and uh, uh well. we, they just use Steve's name, so I'm out on that. <laughs> um so Steve asked Kevin something he's asked a lot of writers in the last few weeks. You know, what he thought about the schedule and the schedule seems to be pretty close to unanimous unanimously liked. I think Cooper Webb is the only one that I've heard say he doesn't really love it. Um, but let's listen to what he had to say, and uh, we'll talk about a few other things. Knowing that format, how 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 do you like it, dude? I I really hope we never go away from it. I absolutely <laughs> love it. Uh, really, just because why? Just more money, more opportunities to race, more like more well, stuff going on. The bi- the biggest thing, obviously, as a privateer, that at least like I struggle with is knowing where I'm going to go and train in the middle of the week if we race every weekend, right? So when you have these three races back-to-back-to-back, it takes a large majority of your stress away. Mm -hmm. And financially, obviously, it's easier for everybody because I'm not having to drive or fly to then go pay to train to then pay to go back to the race to race. Like, your training is your racing. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, really good insight, uh, Travis Marks from – a privateer, right? We we don't always. I think most of the pulp listeners probably do think about privateers now, but we don't. A lot of times when we think about these racers going from city to city, we're like, oh man, they're you know they're getting their teams are flying them in and they got nothing to worry about. But when we hear a Kevin Moran's on Pulpamex, we get the other side of it. The guys that don't always get thought of, you know, this is easier on them, or maybe sometimes it's more difficult on them. But I love that we get that insight from pulp. Yeah, agreed, and and. Kind of to add on to what Samantha was saying about enjoying having the privateers on, I think that's a good, a good point because, yeah, of course everyone's going to like the the big names, the Tomax, the Web, but yeah, having someone like Moran on there and having that bigger audience, like how many people, even you know maybe that play fantasy and and don't listen to the pulp show, you know there are those people out there, but now they that many more people are are uh, exposed to someone like Moran and his personality and it just spreads the love that much more. But uh, it was cool to hear him, his take on that because yeah, you think of, of the schedule and we don't think a ton about it probably um, and how it affects the riders. And then, yeah, the, the factory guys, they, they live a pretty lush life, I think. Um, but to hear how it affects the privateers and, and the, the fact that he liked it, I thought it was cool. I agree. Um, before I move on, I always, at the end, I, I do all the, the sponsor reads for the Pulpmex wrap-up show. 
And I always tell everybody, go to pulpamexshow.com and click on the sponsor deals tab. Use the sponsor codes. One that I just recently used, Marks, and I don't know, and Samantha, I don't know if either of you have used this, is I, I got my first order of Arma Blitz in. I'm literally sitting here drinking it right now out of my Fly Racing insulated water bottle. That's two pulp sponsors. This stuff is good. Like, I'm drink. I don't even need it as a supplement. It's just freaking good. So, if you guys haven't tried Arma yet, they're not a sponsor of the wrap-up show, but they are a sponsor of the Pulp Mech show. Go check it out. Use the code. I don't remember off the top of my head what the code is, but it is on this Pulp Mech show uh, sponsor deals Pulp, tab. Pulp Mech 20. Okay. Okay. I, I thought it, I didn't know if it was Pulp 20 or like some of them are Pulp 20, 21, some are Pulp Mech. So, if only they could make it easy, right? Right. Yeah. It's always so difficult to get those <laughs> discounts. I mean, God dang it. Um, but yeah, the arm is awesome, man. I'm glad I finally got into that. Um, all right, Samantha, another guest that I'd never heard on Pulp Mex, and I think it, I believe it was his first time, uh, was Supercross announcer, former in stadium Supercross announcer, now on TV, Dan Hubbard. Um, very easy guest to interview from what I gathered, a lot like a Kyle Chisholm. Steve could give him a little topic, a little question, and Dan just ran with it, a lot to say. Uh, but not annoying. Like, like I thought it was great. I thought he was really interesting. I started following him on Instagram. Um, I thought he was good. Samantha. Um, same. I, my mind was blown when I found out that he stunt doubled for Adam Sandler. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like what? That was pretty cool. Huh? That's, that's insane. Um, yeah, I knew of him just from attending the races, but I didn't know his background at all. Right. And, um, I, he definitely, um, earned a fan in me after that interview on Pulp and just, just hearing, um, hearing what he's about and, and about his family and, and all that. I really enjoyed it. Um, I feel like, in hearing him talk about the dynamic between him and Blair on Thursday Live was really important to me sure. because I'm not going to lie. At, at first, I was like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Um, you know, and I had a lot of I had a lot of thoughts. But after his interview, I, I have a lot of respect for him, and I'm I'm excited that he's um, on Thursday Live with Blair now, and I'm excited to to hear his thoughts. And um, yeah, I hope you post on Instagram more. <laughs> yeah, and, and again, Mark's just like Moran's somebody that. I wouldn't have paid any attention to if not for Steve having him on. Like there could have been an article on him in racer X and I'd probably just have skipped it. Like it wouldn't have been something that would catch my attention. Uh, I would have known I was into the guy. That sounds awful. But anyway, um, <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have known that I would be a fan of Dan's. <laughs> really? Not if I cut it out before I post it. No, no I'm so. recording this phone call. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, I would not have known I would, could be a fan of Dan Hubbard's had Steve not had him on. So again, Steve doesn't always have to have the main writers on. He deep, he dives deep sometimes into the industry, and um, I'm really thankful that he did that with Dan. Yeah, I, I think... You know, even if, because let's be honest, Dan was a little long-winded. Like he could, he could talk. And, yeah. You know, <laughs> but it didn't he, bother he did. me. No, 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 no. And but he, it probably did bother some other people. Like let's be honest, there's always going to be people that are going to complain about stuff. Sure. But the point is, it's someone different. It, you, you know, he got his interview. It's not like he's on all the time, or people like that are on all the time. You know, every once in a while, there's kind of an oddball. Uh, random outsider, uh, you know, away from just the typical rider interviews that we have on. And I think it's perfect for like every once in a while, uh, even if, 
he's not unanimously loved by everyone or she um, is not unanimously loved by everyone. I think having those in there to break up the monotony a little bit is, is perfect. And uh, like you said, had it been just like an interview on Racer X, a written article, something probably would have been missed a lot, but um, you know, I think, I think getting it out there for that one was, was good. I think people for the most part will enjoy it. Yeah. And we all know that Steve doesn't really care if, 80% of the people don't like a particular segment or a tip particular guest. He'll talk about e-bikes. He doesn't care. It's his show. He talks to talks about things he thinks are interesting. And if there's a few people that find it interesting with him, that's really all he cares about. And I think that's commendable. And um, again, I I've learned about so many industry people, riders and stuff that I would have never known about before I discovered the podcast, obviously way before I started doing a podcast myself. So it's all because of Steve, and here I am blowing him as usual. But gargle, I mean, gargle. my God! Well, gargle. It, yeah, gargle, gargle, whatever. Uh-huh. You guys, you guys can both suck it. Um, but hey, neither one of you probably know. Well, you didn't know the reference. I know uh, Marks and Samantha probably didn't either. But the fact that he knows Crew Jones from Rad, I was like, dude, that was when I was 13, 14 years old and I would ride my bicycle to the local video store. That was one of the movies that I would rent like almost every weekend. I loved rad as a kid. So that's pretty sick that he knows him. And you know, he, he talked about that to me at least. And I'm sure a lot of people my age grew up this in this doing the same thing, man. So I thought that was cool. I really thought it was cool that he admitted to needing to learn more and he's still trying to, you know, learn about these guys and, even the fact that he listens to pulp, you know, he knew the Vietnam Vic story. That's pretty damn cool too. Yeah. Um, and just to go back to the crew thing, Swisscore, who works for Steve, yeah. uh, you know, he, some people don't know who Swisscore is. He behind does the scenes. more of the, more of the behind the scenes stuff for us, um, or for Steve, I should say. It's not necessarily me. His son was actually named after Crew Jones. I learned that today. So oh, now cool. I really feel like I got to go watch the movie. So yeah, I'm uh, dude, I'm letting everybody down. It's a fantastic. <laughs> I mean, it's an '80s movie, right? It's like, uh, I'm, have you you've seen Winners Take All, right? Uh, no. Oh, jeez. No. Good God. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm gonna get. Oh my God. Up on Twitter. <sighs> okay. Well, it's it's a typical '80s movie. I mean, Aunt Becky from Full House is in it. I mean, yeah, go check go check it out. So one that went to jail. Yes. Yes. Uh, okay. Yes. Cool. Yes. That is, the, that is the case. And, uh, anyway, speaking, excellent uh, endorsement. Dark side. <laughs> speaking of BMX, we all know about Michelin motorcycle tires from the Pulp MX show. And I'm si- excited to announce that Michelin bicycle tires is once again, a proud sponsor of the Pulp MX wrap up show in 1891, way before I was born. Michelin patented the first detachable bead pneumatic bicycle tire, and to this day, Michelin continues to innovate and produce world-class podium finishing products for both road and mountain bikes. If you'd like to ride the same Michelin bicycle tires as mountain bike legend Cam Zink and the 2019 EWS champion Sam Hill, then visit bike.michelin.com for all the details on Michelin's extensive range of bicycle products, and please follow them at Michelin Bicycle on Instagram. Speaking of Michelin, our favorite Michelin uh, employee, Randy Richardson, came on. Uh, is, there, is there background noise here, Steve, or no? I yeah, a little background. Yeah, we got a little background okay, noise. All right, let me let me turn that off. That was, that was my vacuum. I was uh, doing some work here, making decisions in a vacuum. Oh, which is nice. Oh, yeah. that's good. Yeah. I like that. Well, then you're on board. Yeah, yeah. On. absolutely. <laughs> Judge everything by the by the the, the, the act itself. Yes. Well, yeah, that and the fact that this kind of offsets the fact that your show sucks. 
All right, Samantha. Randy always thinking ahead on the joke. Like, he had to prepare for that. <laughs> Just gold all the time. And Steve didn't even acknowledge. I don't know if he even caught the fact that Randy said your show sucks, but I damn sure did. I thought it was freaking just classic Randy, but he's he's the best. Yeah, I adore Randy. I think he's hilarious. I know Steve gets irritated with him from time to time, but I I think he's hilarious, and I can't get enough of him. Marks, does does Steve come on? Marks, Steve doesn't get irritated at Randy. <laughs> well, let's go back to that. We we could play. I think I have the audio from the Glenn Helen. Oh, stuff. I could probably <laughs> drop that in, but oh, we we won't. Um, was there ever a time where where Steve was more annoyed that you can remember recently than no. when Randy kept playing no. when we kept playing those videos? No, I was. I think we talked about that. You and I, like, I was actually uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it was. Uh, it's like it's like Dan Cook said in one of his old things. He's like, it was like Daddy hit Mommy at the dinner table, and we're all sitting there still trying to eat our food. That's how I felt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Randy's always fantastic. In my opinion, even when he maybe plays the joke out a little too much, it's still always good, but he, he came on to talk about Michelin's involvement with GNCC and their trackside support. And the fact they got contingencies and their initial su- support is going to be at the grassroots level. Um, great on Michelin. I really enjoyed his time. Um, and then of course, I mean, while he's on, Olympic gold medalist Connor Fields sends, I assume, a text to Steve. Uh, and, yeah, we got a little response on that. Let's check it out. We have a, uh, we have a question from a Connor Fields. Uh, are you aware okay. of this gentleman? Yeah, I think so. I think his parents and I went to different schools together. Okay. Uh, why does Michelin not sponsor any... Why does Michelin sponsor French BMX riders and no uh, American Ooh. BMX riders? Oh, 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 Connor Fields coming in. Wow! Wow, he's bringing the heat. Job, job. Um, well, we're we're looking we're looking at a guy uh, looking at a guy out of Texas by the name of Darkside. Oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> supporting him. Yeah, right. Yeah, he's he's going to be in the vet slow class. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah. Connor's in consideration right behind Darkside. Okay, that? all right. Yeah, Darkside and then a, a BMX okay. gold gold medal winner. Yeah, I'm in consideration. Um, I was fairly honored about that. Uh, what do you think, Samantha? I mean, I, I came before, God damn it. Everything I say sounds awful. I came before Connor. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I, I placed, I placed in front of Connor Fields, apparently. How does that make you feel back then? Pretty stoked. Although I don't think I'm actually getting any BMX Michelin tires. I think, you know, I've, I, because of the other brand that I decided to ride on before I knew there was going to be a BMX tire. But uh, I thought it was great. I mean, it made me feel good for a few minutes. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna cut so many bits of this, of this yeah. bit out and, and just make you sound terrible. This <laughs> show may never see the light of day. Steve was worried about Keeper, but Dark Side. Damn. I came to corner and I made me feel good for a little bit. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, how about his? How about his uh, comment? Like, I went to different schools with his parents. Like, nobody caught that either. I don't think. Like, that doesn't. No, make... he always has little things like that. Yeah. Uh, we call them the Randyisms. Um, yeah. And, and he has little things like that, and and they're they're always gold. And that's not even. And I feel like that's not even his best one, but he's got a bunch of those, and, and they're always great. <laughs> yeah, it was good. Um, 
Okay, we got a couple more things to talk about. Um, the show started off with talk about Kenny Roxon. Uh, we we really haven't touched on any, hardly any of the stuff from Indy that they talked about, but let's let's get into that just a bit. Here we go. Look, he it, it, again. I brought this up earlier. If if Dean moves over, he wins that race. If he just makes one of those passes stick on Barsha at the opener, he wins that race. Mm-hmm. And we're looking at you know Kenny Roxon having five wins out of six races. As it is, he's got three. He's got the points lead. He looks unbelievable. All my worry about the new bike is unfounded. Mm-hmm. This was one of the, the few rounds so far this year that he hasn't, in my opinion at least, looked like the, the clear like guy on the track, like top guy on the track. He's nailing these starts. He is. And, you know, that's so big. Kenny's got it all. He's got the total package. Yeah, he does. Um, I was going to say, do you think if, like, let's take away the four points that he lost from jumping on the Red Cross, and let's say he does beat Cooper Webb in that main event without Dean Wilson getting in the way. He has seven more points. Cooper would have three less points, so that's a 10-point kind of swing back mm-hmm. to Cooper. And now we're looking at a 26-point lead in the championship. Do we look at the championship any different if that's as big as the gap is through six rounds? Or are we still too fresh in the season to feel that way? I think you're too fresh still. He had the catastrophic Anaheim crash, Mm -hmm. you know, that that knocked him out. When else does he just make mistakes? Not very often. Now, I'm not counting on if I'm Webb or Tomac. I can't count on Kenny to throw it away one week. All right, Samantha, I'm going to go to you because Mark's was in for this one, obviously. Um, and but Steve so, somewhat admitted that hey, his initial takes were wrong, and you know we don't hear Steve admit he was wrong all that often. But he he did definitely admitted that he was a little bit wrong. He was his worries were uh, unfounded, and then he made a really good point at the end that hey, Kenny generally doesn't make these big mistakes, so we could be in for him running away with it almost, you know, I mean, he didn't exactly say that, but that's sort of what I was taking away from it. Um, what do you think of Steve admitting is wrong? And the, then this, the Kenny talks. <laughs> um, I was shocked that Steve admitted <laughs> he was wrong. I feel like that does not happen very often. Yeah. Um, I think that he, um, I think that he had really good points and I feel like his concern preseason was valid. We weren't really sure where Kenny was at physically and mentally and so I feel like, you know, um, Steve had had valid concerns, but I love that he took accountability like we talked about earlier. Um, it was like, you know what? My predictions were off and um, I'm going to own that. Um, and I'm excited to see where the rest of the season leads. Yeah, absolutely. Mark, were you at all surprised? You know, sometimes, sometimes it just depends on what it is that he was wrong about. I, I feel like sometimes he's, quick to admit that he was wrong and doesn't really care. And I feel like this was one of those times where he would have been a little more reluctant because he was so set on uh, Kenny, you know, Kenny's his take on Kenny this year. Mm-hmm. So uh, to hear him, to hear him say, you know, that he might may have been wrong and things are looking good uh, is always refreshing. I think so. I agree. Um, all right. So do you like it? I'm trying to think how, I, uh, Okay. Uh, Mathis asked pretty much everybody who they're more worried about, Adam Cincirillo or Zach Osborne, Samantha. Uh, Mark's actually got the answer. He, he said Zach. Uh, Kellen said lately AC. Talon said AC. Steve brought up the leg injury that we haven't actually heard an official, any kind of official announcement on. Uh, JT somewhat waffled, but then said Adam. Uh, and Betts has zero panic level. But... <laughs> 
you know, do you, do you like these questions that go to everybody throughout the show? We kind of get a broad idea uh, or, you know, it's just, it's like a hot topic throughout the whole show. I kind of, I kind of dig that when he does that throughout every guest. Absolutely. I love that. I love that he, um, asks everyone their opinion on that and kind of brings it around. I like that Mark, yeah. you know, got to tell us his and, um, he asked Beth and, and yeah, I like that round table, um, kind of question and answer session for sure. Who do you agree with, uh, AC or Zacho? Um, I was, I was surprised when, when Steve so casually dropped that AC had a muscle, um, muscle injury that he's nursing. He can't hold on to the bike. Cause like you said, we haven't heard an official, um, announcement about that. So mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, did he just, did, did I hear, like, I questioned whether I heard him correctly or not. Okay. Cause I was like, I haven't read or heard anything about that. Um, and he did it. So like I said, he did it so casually and I was like, damn, like, okay. Um, but I'm at this point after, after hearing the muscle, I'm more concerned about AC. Um, I feel like Zach kind of got in his own head, um, after mm. his crash on the, um, was it the site lap in practice? I don't know. The the first one, I feel like that kind of fucked with him. Yeah. Um, but I'm not, I'm not worried about Zach at all. Okay. Uh, bets, everybody, you already said you like bets. He was, he was good. Mm-hmm. Obviously he's always funny. Um, I generally zone out on the baseball talk. But uh, I love the fact, Marks, excuse me, that Betts many, many times when he's on is always so honestly blown away by moto riders and their gnarly gnarliness. Just like talking about AC riding after surgery, a few days after surgery, he compares baseball athletes to moto guys sometimes. And he's just like, he sees it, right? He's probably one of those guys that like we all have friends that aren't into moto and they don't get it. All you do, all you do is ride a motorcycle. The motorcycle does all the work. He was probably that guy before he became friends with AC. And now he's like, Holy shit. These guys are unreal. They're like machine. You know, I, I love that aspect of what he brings. Sometimes the, the, uh, what's it like? Innocenceness or whatever of him. Right. Yeah. Like the naivety. Yeah. That's the word. That's uh, much better word than innocenceness. <laughs> Yeah, and and it probably just feeds into all of our egos, right? Us moto people, yeah, uh, true, where true. We're, we're like we're like, yeah, because we are badass. Our sport is badass. And you guys are just <laughs> lame, and it goes back to the memes that you see on in social media about you know this sport needs two balls, and the other sports only need one. Right, like, right, right. That's why that's why those people post. I think they're stupid, but I, that's why those people post that stuff. And and but it, it is nice, like you said, to get an outsider's perspective. Um, Here, someone like Betts who is a professional in his field, talk about something like that and, and give credit to the writers. Um, and again, kind of just feeds our egos. So that's always nice. Okay. I like it. I like the take. Uh, those who ride dirt bikes, motorcycles, ATVs, and UTVs know Motosport is the best place for OEM and aftermarket parts, riding gear, and accessories. Motosport.com's dedicated team of gearheads have the knowledge and expertise to help get your ride working at peak performance and have you looking good too. Whether you race on the track, ride on the trails, or commute on the street, make your next ride your best ride only at motosport.com. And again, all of our sponsors, uh, very, very excited that they're on board. They're helping out with, with the Pulpamex wrap-up show. All the sponsors that you, you can go find discount codes and links on pulpamexshow.com at the sponsor deals tab. And again, if there's any sponsors you hear about, uh, there's a few that aren't listed 
email pulp or contact at pulpmexshow.com. Steve usually gets back to you pretty quick. He'll, if he can help you out, if he can get you in contact with somebody, a discount, he will. So support those guys so the shows can keep happening. Um, and again, it's, it's, it means a lot that the, that Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Motorsport.com, and Seal Savers is on board with this show because uh, I really do enjoy doing it and having the guests on. Last segment of the night that I want to talk about here is generally my favorite segment. Let me do this first. Samantha, what's your favorite Pulp Mech segment, whether it be a weekly segment or even one that happens, you know, like the game shows, tits versus tits <laughs> every so often. What's your favorite uh, segment? My favorite segment is the race deck rant because I, mm. I love hearing the guests get worked up. <laughs> All right. Well, that's what we're going to get into. Race tech rants. Uh, use pulp code pulp 21 to save at race tech. Um, Kellen brought some killer ones. The first one marks, I'll go with you first. This is something I hear about all the time with the new NBC. Uh, what, what is it called? Um, the peacock app, peacock app, app. There is no playback, no pause, no rewind. I've heard this over and over. And then of course he brought up the fact that they are basically showing the guys rolling around. And as soon as they put a heater in, in practice, they go to somebody else. I haven't noticed that exactly because I missed a lot of the practices on TV, but legitimate complaints. You're going to get me all worked up all over again. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Bring it. Uh, Bring the uh, fire, Marks. Yeah, I was obviously very, very behind this rant. Um, And I typically try not to be too hard on them as far as the prediction and stuff. But, like, some of it is just so amateur. Like, again, with. (laughs) with them rolling around. And like I added, like as soon as you see them start going fast and they switch to someone else that's rolling around and it's just like, what are you doing? I don't, I just don't understand it. And again, with, with, you know, they always say they're trying to cater to new fans, like new fans aren't watching race day live. Come on. Nobody cares. Like just give us what we want. And I know they got sponsorship stuff and blah, blah, blah. But we want to watch the riders on the track. And what I don't think, I don't think we get that in quality, uh, in the quality that we could or should, honestly. So, yeah, I uh, again, thought... I, I back Kellen on this 110%. How about you, Samantha? Because I know you're watching. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I watch qualifying every um, every day before before the race, and I completely agree with Marks and Kellen. I think that it's a fucking shit show. I think it's fucking ridiculous that they talk over qualifying especially like um especially in the um the b practice and like the a practice and that they, they'll just go from slow rider to slow rider like we excuse me we rarely get to watch a fast lap on qualifying because they're just constantly showing um slowing slow riders and they talk over each other and they'll insert segments like the Dean Wilson interview and stuff during qualifying and you have so much time in between qualifying sessions. I think that's fucking ridiculous. I think that when the bikes are on, on the track, that's what we should be talking about. Um, um, Dan talked about in his interview on Pulp Mex about how he's been really trying to get to know the privateers and, and, um, learn about the privateer life. Yet when the privateers are on the track, they're talking about something completely different. And I feel like that's the time when they can utilize saying like, Hey, there's Kevin Rance. Hey, 
you know what I mean? Here's this writer sponsored by this, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and give their sponsors like a shout out. And I feel like um, Marks and Kellen both like uh, new new fans aren't watching race day lives. Like we're hardcore fans are the ones that are, that are watching qualifying. And I feel like they need to cater to us. I also think it's fucking wild that they've showed the same, um, uh, VP racing interview, every <laughs> single qualifying, every, yeah. yeah. Every single, like the same interview. I think it would be cool if they did, they did like, you know, different ones, but it's the same interview, every single qualifying. Like, why are we watching this for the sixth time? Yeah. I'm, I'm totally on board with this rant. I think it's ridiculous. I think that they could definitely utilize the time that the bikes are on the track better and shout out more privateer sponsors. Um, And then there's plenty of time in between to, to talk about their segments and their, you know, and their sponsor reads and all that. But when the bikes are on the track, fucking focus on the bikes on the track and let's, let's show us some fast, some fast laps because we're all watching qualifying to see who's doing good for our fantasy. So like, show me who's doing good. Show me who I should pick and show me who I shouldn't like, come on, get it together. Okay. Coming in hot. I like Man, it. Samantha, <laughs> Samantha had her own race tech rant. <laughs> and I'm going to say the other rant about press conferences. I fully agree with. I like Sean uh, Brennan from Feld. I appreciate everything he's done for me. And some of the, you know, he doesn't have to do the things he's done for our show because my show, because it's smaller, but it definitely sucks. Um, I was on the press conference. Uh, I think it was Indy one when Kenny Roxon said, Hey, do we have to do these so late? It's almost midnight here is what he said. Uh, could we not do it the next morning? Uh, and you know, and I was like, Oh shit, this is, this sucks because that changes a lot, right? I mean, I'm already like, for me, I want to do it after the race. It's, it's fresh. Uh, you know, typically like people, maybe, maybe they're traveling or they have other things going on the next day. And especially on, on a weeknight, like a Tuesday night race, uh, the next day, you know, I, I have other stuff. I, I got to go to work, right? I'm, I'm busy. I missed the press conferences on Wednesday when they've done them. So I'm, I'm super bummed that they're not doing them. Uh, I'm, I'm not stoked that they're not, they didn't have one at the last race. They're not having one at the next race. I don't think, uh, yeah, I think, I think it's, you need to have a press conference. I think it's professional to have it right after the race. The racers should be there. Uh, I'm fully on board with that. I'm really bummed. I know some other podcasts who are, uh, some, you know, based out of different countries, you know, like they're, they're middle of the day after the, after our local time, when the race is over, it's kind of the middle of the day where they're at and they're ready to do the press conference. And now it's all changed and it makes it more difficult for some of those other guys to be in. Um, I'm disappointed. I don't, I don't like the press conference should be like they, they have been an hour after the race. Let's do them. Let's get the the quotes. Let's get the information we can get. Uh, and let's roll with it. That's, that's my opinion. I, I think Kellen was right. I liked it. Um, do you guys even care? Either one of you marks, do you care? <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I think it just goes, it, it's a combination of all these things that just kind of makes the sport in general uh, just kind of look a little more amateur than yes. it, it should, you know, yes. uh, the the lack of prep, press conferences, the the silly stuff that goes on with the production of the TV stuff, the, the white flag thing, the Oldenburg thing, like there's so, all these things accumulate to just make it look like even more of a clown show. And I think that's just bad for the sport in general. Like, and I know obviously like nothing's going to be perfect. 
nothing's perfect in other sports either, but a lot of it is stuff that could be done, like just holding the damn press conferences. Yeah. And, and, and that's pretty minor basic stuff. And it, it should happen. So uh, I don't, I don't understand. And these, these writers that complain about it being late, like I, blow me, you make way too much money. <laughs> to be complaining about having to stay up at midnight. I don't care. Like uh, get over it. I, I thank you. Uh, Samantha, does it <laughs> make a difference to you? Um, I think that it, you and Mark should both, um, both have really valid points. I think that it provides consistency from round to round. And I feel like it is nice when there is major incidents for, to know like, Hey, the press, like we can address this at the press conference. Um, and it's going to be talked about. We're going to have answers to those questions, um, this evening versus having to wait till the next day or then they don't want to talk and, you know, uh, or they decline to come on the pulp show or, yeah. um, the Moto X pod show. Like then we, might not hear their their side until uh you know for a while versus like at the press conference i feel like then they're we're able to get that information right away and i think that that's important for not only the media but us as fans you know yeah all right uh can i just add on that real quick like as far as this going back to the race tech rant like i think obviously not every race tech rant is about the sport and you know obviously there's the freaking u.s PS mailbox. Starbucks. Yeah, oh, that was a great one. <laughs> there's always those ones, but there's there's ones like this that happen, and I think they uh, enable conversations that otherwise maybe wouldn't be had or wouldn't be had to the extent that they would with these rants. Like they, it kind of brings awareness to things. So uh, whether for better or worse, that's to be determined. But uh, <laughs> I, I think I think that's part of one of the the good things about the race tech rant is, is enabling these conversations. So good point. Um, before we go, Samantha, who's your favorite mm-hmm. co-host all time? That's such a difficult question. Um, I, I know I didn't, I didn't, I didn't give you a heads up. You on didn't this. prepare me for this nope. either. I feel like, Oh God. I mean, you know, I love Kiefer. I love the Kiefer after dark segment. Um, I love when JT's, in studio yeah i feel like i feel like the banter between him and and mathis is unmatched um oh god i don't know i like i didn't enjoy the rv i'm <laughs> sure last time but i do enjoy when rv um when rv is on normally sure um i don't i don't know i there's not honestly there's not anyone that i that i'm not the biggest fan of okay um, co-host wise, I do have a question though, for both of you, how do you feel? This was mentioned a couple weeks back on the pulp show. How do you feel, or do you like the shows better when Steve's out of town and there's no callers calling in? Do you feel like the show like flows better? Um, do either of you have a preference? Go ahead, Marks. That is, uh, that is a really good question. And I was not prepared for that. Oh. Um, there, there are times I think where callers, and we don't just take the callers as soon as they come in, right? That's why we have Talon and Tits. They they screen the calls, and we have a met, little messaging system. And Steve, you know, we kind of just put them in a queue, and Steve gets to them when he wants, so he can kind of time them. The calls aren't always great. Let's be honest. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes they're not on topic, or they're talking about something that we've already talked about, and you know we try to find out what they're going to ask or whatever to determine whether we want to even take that call or we'll say, Hey, we didn't, uh, we already talked about that, you know, stuff like that, but that always, it doesn't always work uh, as intended. Um, Mm -hmm. So sometimes I think not having callers 
does make for a good show. I think it helps things flow a little better. Um, and, and whether that means we just need to be better about how we take calls or how we screen calls or whatever, you know, that's a different conversation. But uh, I think that's uh, I, I think that's a good question. I, I think having callers in general is a good thing. Uh, I think that's what makes part of Pulp different is that live aspect of being able to call in. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's not always it's not always good. Not always good. <laughs> I but would. Then we get gold. We get gold like uh, three and a half hour call. Like that's probably one of my favorite phone calls of all time. Which one? It, it, oh it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's just like, well, okay. I, I guess, I'm glad it didn't take four hours. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you get little. You get little bits like that, sure. and I think those are good. But obviously, that doesn't always happen. So hey, for me, I would say. Overall, I like the the shows where Steve's in Vegas and we get the calls and we have in-studio guests and we have, because we have YouTube live now. Um, and like Mark said, sometimes the callers really add something. I mean, not always, but they, they can bring up good points. They have different, they can even get us like this week where the one caller had a bunch of ideas and Steve said, yeah, yeah, I, I, I hear, I, I understand what you're saying. Or, and then he's like, yeah, I don't understand. Like just, just the way he reacted when the guy got on the phone made me, you know, laugh out loud. So he's like, you know, and I actually use that in the intro of the show, right? That so I like having the callers. Even even when the callers aren't good, it's still something different. We're getting the outside. Um, I, I like getting the outside in, uh, ideas. The the yeah, and I, I enjoy that. So uh, when he is out of town, they're still good shows, but they're I think they're lacking. Um, that that's, you know, it's like, I don't turn them off by any means. Obviously I can't now, mm -hmm. but, uh, <laughs> I, I would rather him be live in Vegas with the camera set up, uh, you know, marks and tits or talent in studio. I, and the guests, I just, I think that's what the show has become is so great. Uh, and I, that's when it's at its best in my opinion. Although if you take like the review show, that's really my favorite thing he does with Weege and JT, that dynamic. Mm -hmm. But but as far as the Pulp well, of X show, oh, do what? Yeah, I was going to say, you're not alone in that. A lot of yeah. people really like that show. Yeah. Well. But, uh, uh, Samantha, what about when I was in studio? Was I not your favorite guest? <laughs> oh. you, were bait, you were baiting her. That's what you were oh. I mean, That's the answer I expected. That's so awkward. But... <laughs> that's so awkward. <laughs> um, you're top five uh forget it i'm just gonna i'm cutting all this out <laughs> all right samantha marks i think that's all for episode 454 uh do you have anything else samantha any any thoughts on the show anything you want to say any questions for marks um real quick yep. my my fantasy talk with marks marks how do you feel about on the site there being the ability to hide the expert picks if you wanted to like just you know if i just don't feel like trusting steve that week and i don't really want to see it like there's <laughs> being like a little button then i could just hide like like i paid for him i paid for him for the season <clears throat> i want to be able to see him like when i want but like having them there all the time like can we just can we just hide, you know hide them God. what do we you think know, what are, what are our thoughts it's interesting because you're not the first to bring that up um so there's definitely some some feedback for that and i Oddly enough, I think it would be fairly easy to implement, um, but I've just been, and I, and I probably will, to be honest. There will probably be a little switch up at the top, kind of like uh, where your sorting options are and the, mm -hmm. the button to filter riders that were in qualifying. I'll probably add some up there so you okay. can toggle it on and off. 
um, okay. so that you can do that. Because, yeah, like I said, you're not the first to bring that up. Uh, yeah. A couple of weeks ago, someone brought that up. And I was like, that's eh, actually not a not a bad idea. Cause, yeah, like, let's be honest, Steve sucks this year. But no, it is, it is, it's a good idea and I'll probably get, I'll probably get around to it. Um, I've got some other urgent pulp stuff I got to get done before I can add features to fantasy, but, but probably in the next couple of weeks, I, I bet you'll see that pop up. Right after the okay. new, right after the new app hits. All right, guys, we're going to call this thing a wrap. Episode 454. Thanks again to Guts Racing, Michelin Bicycle Tires, Seal Savers, and Motorsport.com. Hit me up, darkside at pulpamex.com if you have any comments, thoughts. I'm still, I really would love to get more input on the Hello Pookie segment. I want to bring that back. I want to get her on and record some stuff. So you got to let me know what you want her to talk about, what you want to know from her. Any topics you want her opinion on, let's get those coming in. I know you guys are listening. This thing is the number one wrap-up show in moto. So get me some topics. Hit me up, darkside at pulpmex.com. Other than that, we're out of here. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Why would you want to re-talk about the pulp show? Yeah.